Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, our guest on the Goodyear Hotline. Today, we have Brady's Bucks back, the Giants and their fans feeling big blue, Baker Mayfield drawing a line in the sand, and the most controversial decisions ever about to get made. All that and more, let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, the one place to start will be with Monday night last night. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was a Charles Dickens game. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was the best of times. You got a get-right game that you needed from your quarterback and your defense. If you're a fan of the New York Giants, it was undoubtedly the worst of times. And here in studio with the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, are my buddies Jeff Saturday and Dan Graziano with their thoughts. Gentlemen, thank you for hanging out. Uh, Let's start with the good, because that's the easy part of this. Uh, Jeff, Saturday, there had been some questions about the Buccaneers. Every team has sort of had their bad moments, the questionable moments, and and maybe uh, the Bucs had theirs with back-to-back losses. You called it a get-right game. What did you see from them last night? Yeah, very sharp. I mean, they started off hot. I think think Brady was 10 for 10, uh, you know, in in the first two drives of the game, so played very efficient football. They protected him. They threw it 47 times. He got touched three, zero sacks, so they completely dominated up front against a good uh, New York Giants defensive front. So I thought they kind of matched it. Uh, they ran the ball more left, which called more runs, which I was, I was happy with. So, you know, when, you, when you're a team that should win, and, they, and that was the Buccaneers last night, they executed and, and did what they should do to get that victory. And sometimes it's the simplest and most obvious statements that are the most interesting. Dan Graziano, when you arrived to our morning meeting today, and I might add, somewhat cranky, because no, of no. great very, traffic. Very. Graziano the, the had commute, traffic the issues. Commute is what it is. I mean, that, that, there's no beating it, so you might as well just now, lean in. I, I, I found you to be cranky, but no, I, a cranky be, Graziano is a good Graziano. <laughs> One way or another, what was it? You just looked at me, and what did you say about Tom Brady? He's so good. Like, oh. what, I mean, but if I, if we keep, obviously, obvious, right? He holds every record, but we can't, you can't overstate this. He's 40. No one's ever been any good at this age, yes. at that position. 44 years old, and he's elite. I mean, like he's doing. Like if you're Daniel Jones last night and you're watching it, you're like, yeah, that's <laughs> the stuff I really need to learn how to do. Because I mean, like, he operates so smoothly, and it's just you know, it, yeah, he took off and ran for a first down. You're not going to see that thing of beauty. But it's that little like six inch step to the left to get just that much more room in the pocket and that much more time. I mean, he's a master of his craft, which again sounds obvious, but you, <laughs> to be doing it after this long and still at a high enough level, I just we talk about it all the time. I yeah. still don't think we fully appreciate what we're watching. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. I want to say this: the subtlety of his pocket, you know, manipulation is is unparalleled. And you saw it last night. We did we did it on on Get Up, and we showed like to your point the six inch step, the getting for, but that his eyes stayed downfield. Again, you're a 44 year old man. You got a bunch of really big young dudes trying to take you out and wipe you out. They land on you. It's going to hurt. Never brings his eyes down, keeps his eyes up, and throws an absolute dart over the middle to complete and convert a first down. It's those kinds of things. It's subtle, but, man, it shows up massively on the stat sheet. It is, it is a thing of beauty. Well, I will make this Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. The subtlety of his manipulation of the pocket was in stark contrast. Yeah. To watching Daniel Jones play quarterback, and I, I don't, I don't want to make this. Well, we're going to make it whatever we're going to make it. The, the Giants are a team in, in a lot of trouble, and they are. It feels like they're coming to a crossroads. 
because, and, and Dan Graziano, one of the primary reasons I really appreciate you sticking around today is because of your knowledge of that team. For those who don't know, Dan covered them as a beat for a long time. So you know the inner workings there really well. And so you're well aware that the general manager is on a hot seat, the quarterback is on a hot seat, and to at least some degree the head coach is on a hot seat. What is your sense after a disaster coming off a bye last night of where it all stands. I mean, Giants ownership hates being this team that is that is consistently bad and out of contention and and kind of irrelevant, right? I mean, this is the, the, John Mara is the is the descendant of Wellington Mara and, and the proud steward of a once proud franchise, and he hates that he's in this zone that they were in when he was a kid, right, in the yes. 1970s when when they could never win. Uh, he's talked about that publicly. I'm not talking out of school there. Uh, I, I don't, they don't want to be the team that changes coaches every two years. And that would be the case for the third time in a row if they moved on from the head coach. I know they like him. I know they believe in him. They like and believe in Dave Gettleman, the GM, as well. But you get to a point where the draft record is what it is, and it, and it doesn't seem to be very good. I mean, you, you draft a running back in Saquon Barkley, second overall, who can't stay on the field. You draft a quarterback in Daniel Jones, sixth overall, who frankly, in year three, is not showing the kind of improvement that they wanted and expected him to see. Last night, was the uh, they don't have Sterling Shepard, but they did have Kenny Galladay, and they did have Saquon. This was like the healthiest the offense yes. has been, and they really believed they had put a group around Daniel Jones this year that would enable him to thrive, and he definitely hasn't. We even saw some of the old, ugly turnover problems resurface last night as well. So crossroads, absolutely, but... I mean, it's like there's six crossroads in a row. Like, they, they can't seem to get out of this cycle. I, I would say this. You know, you, we, you have reasons, right, that things happen. We talk about the difference between excuses and reasons. They definitely have reasons that they've struggled, but they're now becoming excuses. And to your point last night about injuries and all these things is – Every team has the – it's a game of attrition, right? That's the NFL, man. I I lived it for 14 years. You see it year in and year out. At some point, the other guy – there's a reason you build a roster, and that's to be able to absorb some of these things happening. And when everybody finally gets there, after a two-week hiatus because you just had your bye, and your best play – your best play is to a tackle for a, a big man touchdown. That's absolutely embarrassing. And so when you think about how the, the, the production of this offense and what it looked like last night, and again, the Buccaneers have been exposed defensively the last few weeks. You would have thought Daniel Jones would have had some type of plan or Garrett would have had a plan that they would have put him in better positions. You, you It cannot look this way. And I get the whole Joe, Joe Judge, they believe in him and all those things. At some point, it boils down to you have a team in your division, the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a second-round quarterback. They've had all type. This was supposed to be a, quote, rebuilding year, and they are boat racing people. They're they're doing the best with with the roster they have, and you go, well, we're just not quite healthy. No, no no one's going to hear it anymore if you're a Giants fan. I think that's right. I I think – at some point, and, and I, I don't like to sit up here and fire people. I don't no, do it. I wouldn't want not. anyone to do it to no me, way. and I don't like to do it to people. But at some point, you do have to say, what we're doing is not working. That's right. We have tried multiple iterations of the same thing with this group of people, and it's not working. And so the question is, can you possibly run it back next year? Yeah. If, 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 look, there's still whatever there are, six games, five, six games, however many games they have left. Th- th- there's some time for you to emerge from this somewhat more optimistic. But it's hard to picture Right. A scenario in which you're going to be able to get up there and say, we're running it back. We believe in this group. 
and your fans are not going to lose their minds. It feels like a situation, and again, this is not a, a, a me reporting this. It feels like a situation where if you, if you don't want to get rid of the head coach, you make other changes, such as offensive coordinator, right? You can point and say the they offensive coordinator. They could have done that last week. Sure. I, I'm almost surprised they didn't they, they, do well, that again, last they, week. Again, they, they, it's not, it's not the their way. the Giants, right? right. They, they fired Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese during the season for a circumstance that was beyond, it was beyond wins and right. losses, right? right? It was the Eli Manning thing. So uh, I think, you know, I talked about Dave Gettleman's first round choices. Like the fundamental issue with with Gettleman's performance is in his fourth year. Is there's no roster depth. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So that that's the draft. Yeah. And 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 if you don't have the requisite roster depth to handle the season, to handle your injuries that are inevitable, then you haven't done well that's in the right. draft. And year four is not too soon to make an evaluation like that. So I think that's why he's probably in the crosshairs. Greeny with you here, presented by Progressive Insurance. If your pet passenger is injured in a car accident, get help paying for vet expenses. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Get a quote at Progressive.com. Graziano and Jeff Saturday with me here. Let me go to one other thing quickly while I have you guys. There is a lot of speculation. I don't know that it's any more than just that in Chicago, that if the Bears lose to the Lions on Thursday, that they could make substantial changes on Friday, up to and including Possibly a head coaching change, which you know how it is. The fans are clamoring for. Um, I, I feel like that is primarily speculation, yeah, as opposed so. to anything else. Is is there any reason to think that that is on the horizon? The reason it, it becomes speculation is because the Lions haven't won, so losing to them would be considered a, a disaster, right? And they, you also would have the extra time before the next game, right. which if you are going to make right. a change like that, sometimes teams like to do it that way. I, yeah, I, look, I, the way the Bears season is going, and again, it's just like the last conversation, if it continues and, and doesn't make some miraculous recovery, there's, I think there's a strong feeling around the league that the Bears will make a coaching change. Whether they do it before the end of the season, uh, that, that to me it relies on other things. Usually that's a pretty drastic step for a team. Yeah, listen, when, it's not going to do you any good to, to fire the coach midway through the season. There, I mean, nothing's going to change from a Justin – I mean, Justin Fields is hurt right now. We don't even know if he's going to play or for right. how long he'll be out. But if, if, if you're a Bears fan, I understand the frustration, but here's the reality – you you don't have a first round pick because of the trade away to go get Fields, which I, mm-hmm. I think is a good move. I think Justin Fields is your future, and he'll be a good quarterback. So be bad, like like live with being bad because you're going to get a better <laughs> second round pick, and you're going to get better picks. You've been in draft purgatory because you keep going five hundred, which just gets you you know it's kind of like milk toast, man. Like, like I don't want it. I want you to be bad, and let's go get players to help Justin Fields to help the defense. We can get better. You don't get better by going, you know, nine and seven or, or nine and eight right. now. You know what I mean? Like, just be bad and be okay with it. I get it. <laughs> the problem with it is that when you are bad and that kind of bad in what is a win-now team, which is what this was positioned to yeah, be. Playoffs. They right. kept yeah. the general manager and the head coach because they felt like we have a chance to win right now. Mm-mm. Now, it's very hard to do that and – develop a, a, a quarterback who everyone knew might take a little time to develop all that kind of, it's it was almost an impossible scenario they put themselves in to begin with but what you leave yourself with is a situation where you are basically assured now of Justin Fields playing under different people his second year yeah. than his first year so this was a terrible plan which is what I've been saying from the very beginning <laughs> you should never have people in a, in a your coach should never be a lame duck 
Your coach yeah. should always have one eye on the present and one eye on the future. And so this was a, a, a plan, a setup that was doomed to fail before it even began. doesn't mean that, that Justin Fields is doomed. We have seen. No, he's not doomed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, and that, and you're, just, you're just unnecessarily you say you threw away a stunting a year of his right, growth. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, we have seen this happen where the quarterback – has a head coaching change at the end of his first year. I mean, just having with Justin Herbert, yeah. he seems fine. He's, do, he's doing okay. So, yeah, I, I think that's... And, and, and here's the thing. You couldn't have... If, if you, I mean, you didn't know that Fields was going to be where he was in the draft. They kind of lucked... Or not, not lucked, but they worked. I know they traded to get yeah. it. But, I mean, you know, no one expected him to be there or be available at that point. So, from their perspective, they were keeping their staff thinking Andy Dalton was going to be their guy for this year and then move on to developing a quarterback. So, I think it kind of all just... Well, they were, it's a bad... He's going to play Thursday anyway, right? Well, Dalton to get, is going to be. They try to get Carson Wentz. Remember that? They, yeah. they, they oh, didn't want right. to go there. So like yeah. they knew they needed to do something at yeah. quarterback. But uh, yeah, I, 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 think it would, I think they haven't ruled Fields out for Thursday, but I think it'd be a surprise if he were to recover in time to do that. All right, gentlemen, I so appreciate, as always, you're sticking around here. Great morning today, as yes, always. Graziano, careful with the traffic on your way home. We no worry problem. about you. <laughs> uh, it is a delight. Coming up next, there is one NFL star who desperately needs to stop talking, and you will hear who it is as we continue in just a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greenies Takes. All right, it's time for my NFL Takes here before we unleash Nuno upon you. And for that, I bring in my main man, Hembo, as we have uh, sort of gathered around us the, the members of the hashtag crew. And what Hembo does for his regular job as he is a content producer for Get Up, and so he asks all our analysts questions, and that's how we build our show. And then he comes here to the radio show, and he asks them to me, and I give you the really good answers. So, what was the first question you asked this group this morning? Greeny, the AFC is a quagmire right now. Which team in that conference do you trust 
The most. What is the history of the word quagmire? I like it. You like the word quagmire? Is that a, it's a quagmire, is it like, um, like quicksand? Is, is that, quagmire is actually a, it, it's a geological term, right? It is right? a soft, boggy area of land that gives way underfoot. Yeah, I like it. I also, it's also the name of a character in the, in the show Family Guy. Are, are you familiar with Quagmire? I'm, I'm, yes, no. I know of the show Family Guy. That's his sort okay. of thing that he does. Well, that's actually, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Uh, the fa- just the fact that you know that, that you know any <laughs> simple pop culture, I think is <laughs> remarkable to me. Let me go back to your question. Please. The AFC team I trust the most is the Patriots, and I will tell you why. They do the three things that travel. They run the football, they play defense, and they have exceptional coaching. Those things are good in January. They're good in the snow. They're good in the sun. They're good. It doesn't make any difference where you're playing. <laughs> so if they're at home, and who knows who's going to wind up the one seed in the AFC. I wouldn't put it past them. The way Buffalo is played, the Patriots' next four games are Tennessee, Buffalo, Indy, Buffalo. And then they finish up with two very winner, I think Jacksonville and Miami or something. So, I th- I could see them going four and two. Let's say they split with Buffalo. Maybe they lose to the Colts. I don't know. If they finish any better than four and two, they could wind up the one seed, mm-hmm. and the, the entire playoff run could the AFC could go through there. So anyway, the answer to your question is the team I trust the most in the quagmire that is the AFC playoff picture is New England. What's next? Has Jalen Hurts proven to be the Eagles' quarterback of the future? Well, this I know is one that is near and dear to your heart, and and we can set aside a little time later if we get a chance to dive into it. I would say he has earned the shot. Um, See, it's really hard to say. When I watch them play, do I think to myself, oh, yeah, they have their quarterback for the next decade? I don't. But I do think that there is such an advantage in his contract Again, you brought this up yesterday. Hembo's an Eagle fan. He has $3.4 million remaining over the next two years combined mm-hmm. on his contract. So you can take that. You're spending nothing on your quarterback. You take those three first-round picks, you might try and steal like a deep playoff run, even if you're not convinced that he is your future, and sort of buy that out over the course of the next two years. If Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson become available, are you telling me you wouldn't trade two of your three first-round picks for them? I'm telling you I would not. I would rather go to battle with Jalen Hurts, the extra picks, and the extra money that I can use given how little money he's making. It's a really complicated question. Mm-hmm. So the, the answer, if, if you're asking me am I convinced that he's their quarterback next year, I'd say barring Aaron Rodgers, who everyone would take, then my answer would be yes. And I don't think that's where Rodgers wants to go anyway. Um, am I convinced that he's their quarterback for a decade? No. I do not think I've seen that because the offense is still very one-dimensional, and I'm not sure that you can keep doing it that way. Let me push back quickly, though. Go. Because part of that one dimension is him. The strength of his ability is to run the football so effectively. He is effectively two players in one. That's worked well for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. They're going to give him a monster contract. Why can't it work both ways? It can. And, and, and you're telling me you think he's as good as Lamar Jackson? I think he's 80% of Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, that, that is a, it's a good conversation to have. All right. And, and then the third question today is the one we're going to stop down on here. <laughs> Greeny, what did you think of what Baker Mayfield said yesterday? Let's it play it. For anyone who didn't hear it, Baker Mayfield, his team. Bobby, you can lose the music. We're going to sit on this one a second. Uh, Baker Mayfield... His team played a game that felt more like a loss than a win, even though they beat Detroit by three. 
and he just played horribly, just hard. He is banged up. He's hurt. He shouldn't be out there. And the fans are booing. And he was asked about that yesterday, and here's what he said. Those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate, so don't really care. You look frustrated coming. Okay, I'm I'm just going to stop it there. I know he said more than that, but there's no reason to go any further than that. All right, and this is the thing that just drives me crazy. There are two wholly separate reasons why he should not say what he just said. One of them is, and I tell my kids this all the time, and candidly, I'm old enough to be Baker Mayfield's father. In life, you're going to encounter any number of situations in which there is a fork in the road that lead to the same destination. The destination is the same. And if you can choose one path that is easier and the other path that is harder, and you take the harder path, you're a schmuck. That's the stupidest thing you can do in life. I'm not suggesting you should cut corners, cheat. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this idea that, oh, always take the hard way. No, no, don't always take the hard way. Life is going to be hard enough all by itself. You will have to overcome any number of obstacles in life to succeed in the way you want to, however you define that. Don't make things unnecessarily complicated for yourself. Calling out the fans of your own team is a patently stupid thing to do. He has now picked a fight with the fans of his own team. There is no circumstance under which that's a smart thing to do. The second, and this one's a little more personal to me, is that it drives me crazy when players talk about fans as though they're on the payroll. The, the Cleveland Browns, those people who are not behaving in exactly the way you want them to, Baker, are not being paid to be there. They're your customers. They're paying your salary. They're buying the car insurance you're selling. So unless you feel comfortable telling them that you have no regard for them whatsoever, my advice is to shut the hell up. My advice is to say, you know what? They have a right to boo. I'm not playing well. The fans have a right to boo. That's, that's their job. Their job is to respond with the emotional reaction that is the reason that they have followed that franchise through thick and thin, and it has been as thin as it gets for a generation and a half. So to me, this is just abjectly stupid and offensive. I mean, not, not offensive in a, a really meaningful way, but as a fan myself, I'm kind of offended by it. And I also think it is just patently stupid. So to me, and it's a whole separate question from whether or not they should take Baker Mayfield off the field because he's hurt. He's too hurt to be playing well right now. And I give him credit for wanting to tough it out. But at this point, they'd be much better off playing Case Keenum than playing him. And I think that is a decision they need to make as well. Uh, this is Greeny. And you should listen to the Man in the Arena podcast. It's a 10-part series exploring how sports impacts our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career. It's brought to you by State Farm and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go back. The Scoop. So um, you've all gotten to know Nuno a little bit here, the assembled members of the hashtag crew. Hembo has his quirks, which is to say he lives for analytics and doesn't know anything about anything else. Um, Bubba has his quirks, which is to say he's one of the most accomplished people that, you, that you'll ever come across in your life, and, and in addition to being now um, I, I think universally considered to be the greatest uh, radio production man in the history of the medium. And then there's Nuno, who's just angry and frustrated on a good day. Like his normal disposition is that he's just not in a good mood. He always seems 
like someone just flipped him off in traffic, right? <laughs> Nuno has the disposition of someone who always just got cut off by someone. That person was clearly in the wrong. And then when Nuno honked his horn, that guy gave him the finger. Like, that is Nuno's general state of being. Do I have that pretty much right? Yeah, that's his baseline. Bubba, you've worked with him a long time. Would you describe that as, as Nuno's baseline personality? Yeah, that sums it up perfectly. Okay, so <laughs> when you add to that, that he is a crazy fan of the Giants, and the Giants were so awful last night in all of the ways you were afraid they might be. I, I think we all are just going to sit back now and put our feet up and allow Mr. Nuno to have the floor. Uh, Nuno, how do you feel about the Giants this morning? I'm at that You know, I'll use this analogy. We've all done a lot of day drinking back in the day, right? <laughs> and then you go through these emotions where you start feeling nice, you know, nice little buzz. You get to a point later on in the afternoon that you're just, you're beyond drunk. And then you get to this other point where I think you're just numb. I've, I'm numb at this point with this team. I think everyone needs to go. You allow another coach and general manager to figure out if Joe, if uh, Daniel Jones is your guy. Um, you then, uh, you if he if he's not, you let him compete. You don't pick up the fourth year, uh, the fifth year option, and you just rebuild. This team is an utter disaster. It's an embarrassment. Jason Garrett, you know Dan Graziano. I wanted to like, I, I wouldn't fight him because Dan talk about angry, um, but he's talking about oh they had their weapons, Dan. You can't have all your weapons if you're taking them off the field on fourth and one, uh, you know, when it's a 17-10 game and the play calling and Andrew Thomas has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney where you spend all this money on these guys. It's just an it's embarrassment. Can we stop talking about, oh, the Giants aren't the franchise that, you know, makes rash decisions or doesn't want to be associated with this or that? Like, what are we doing? At the end of that drive, they were uh, – a half a centimeter away from Daniel Jones fumbling at the end of the first half, fumbling the ball um, where they're throwing it on, you know, from their own, like, inside the 10. And then it's just they make these asinine decisions. I, I can't anymore. Like, I just need things to be blown up and let's restart and give us some fake hope. We have no more hope anymore with this fans. You know, Judge talking, you know, taking accountability, blaming their coaches, you know, telling you know, telling fans that yes, you know, you can be angry, but I'm going to turn it around. Dude, stop. Like just stop. Go back to Philly. Like that's where you belong. Go back to Philly. I love every word of that. So so let's analyze the things that we have just learned. <laughs> the first of them is that Nuno at some point in his life has drank himself into a numb state during the day. I think that, that, <laughs> that, that to me is a fascinating glimpse into the man that is Nuno Teixeira. The second thing I'm going to say is, Nuno, I agree with you on the following. And it is kind of unfair. I do not believe Joe Judge has, I do not believe that in a vacuum, Joe Judge deserves to be fired. I thought he did a reasonable job last year in his first year. They played much better at the end of the season. It felt like things were going well. I think he has a lousy team. I think it is a poorly constructed roster. I don't think I've seen enough that I would say in a vacuum you need to change coaches. However, here's what I'm going to warn you against doing. Don't do, Nuno, what the Jets did 10 years ago. And I talked to Tannenbaum about this today. The Jets had Mike Tannenbaum as their general manager and Rex Ryan as their head coach. They decided to fire Tannenbaum and stay with Rex. 
And that was the biggest mistake. That probably has done more damage to the franchise than all the other mistakes they've made over the last decade. Because what you wound up with is you're telling general manager, like head of football operations type people, we want you to come work here, but this is who your coach is going to be. And so now you're eliminating probably three quarters of the field because I don't think most guys with good options are looking at that and saying, oh, yeah, I'm all in on Joe Judge being my coach. And so if I don't, I'm just making up a name in Lewis Riddick here because Lewis is my friend and I, I, I believe in him so strongly. If you want him to come be your president of football operations or whatever he would be, you need to give him a blank slate. You need to present him with a blank slate. You need to say, you come run the football operation, you hire the coach you want to hire, and then, yeah, you and the coach decide whether you want Daniel Jones to be your quarterback or not. I'm good with that. But what you cannot do, even though it is probably unfair to judge, it's unfair to judge, judge this quickly, (laughs) then I think that you have to go, you have to clean house completely because otherwise you wind up, the Jets wound up with John Idzik. John Idzik, I think you could make an argument, did more damage per amount of time he was on a job (laughs) than any executive ever has in the history of American industry. Like, like he was the general manager of the Jets for two years, and he set the entire operation back 10. You can't do a job worse than he did because he was completely unqualified because no one in their right mind wanted that job. And that's how they wound up there. So, Nuno, that's what you don't want. You don't want to fire Gettleman and keep Judge and now limit yourself to someone who wants to come in and work with the coach. No, I completely agree. That's why I've gotten to this point where Judge, even if he hasn't completely lost a lot, needs to go because you need that complete break. You know, you mentioned Riddick, whoever it is, and if they decide, hey, I want Brian Dable, I want, um, you know, enemy or Brian Leftwich, whatever it's going to be, let them make the decision. Stop getting coming into the cycle where you're on different schedules, whether it's the, the, the head coach, the general manager, the, you know, this team panicked, right? They thought they were so worried that the Eagles were going to hire Ben McAdoo that they pushed uh, Tom Coughlin out maybe a year earlier than they wanted to. Right. Then, you know, they, they end up firing him because he, he destroys it. The, the goodwill with Eli and things of that nature. It's just Bring in a bring in a general manager. Let him decide. Go outside the organization. I, I don't want to hear a Chris Mayer or whatever. Like no, go outside the organization. Bring in fresh a fresh blood and figure this out and hire more than three computer guys. Even though I hate analytics. <laughs> and the, and the bottom line of it is that um, they have two very high uh, potentially very high draft picks. The Giants figure at this point to pick in the top 10 and the Bears figure at this point to pick in the top 10 and they have their first round pick from the Justin Fields trade. So you have a, a fairly desirable mm-hmm. little setup for someone to come in and, and hand them the keys. So I think you need to do that, though. You can't hand them the keys and say, here are the keys, but this is the car that you're going to be driving or this is the chauffeur you're going to have driving your car. I, I think that would be a big mistake. All right, coming up, much more on all that as we go. But there is a headline that I believe represents the imminent downfall of our civilization. Greeny, the podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. 
Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is Greeny. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. We have the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us. Much more on last night's Monday night game coming up in a minute. But I feel like we need a little smile on our face today. Right? My team, my football team stinks. They've been done forever. Nuno's football team stinks. They've been done forever. My second team, you know, we kind of root for Chicago in my household. You know, we root for mommy's team and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, Chicago is sort of my second home. They stink. They, they, their game this past weekend was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I got nothing. I mean, I just have nothing to look forward to in football over the course of the last month here of the season. And then Hembo and I are in the office this morning. And I said, is anything going on in the world that you think might be interesting that we could bring to our listeners? And he read me a headline. And all he had to do was read me the headline. And I said to him, that to me is the beginning of the demise of our civilization. Hembo, I just want you to read the headline. Couple marry despite never meeting in real life. Okay. So here we have this. Okay. I, I am trying very hard not to be one of these back in my day kind of people. Okay. I get it. I am a dad of young people. They are, I, I've embraced social media. I am, I am all in on all that stuff. I'm all in. But I'm here to tell you, if you have never met a person, you should not marry them. Under no circumstances should people who've never met, and I will give you the single biggest reason why. How many senses do we have, Hembo? We have five senses. How many of them, these two people met on Zoom? These two people met on Zoom. On Zoom. How many of the five senses... Have they explored together to this point? <laughs> well, I guess just two. Two, right? I guess they've so. seen each other mm-hmm. and they've heard each other, but they've never touched each other. They've, and and what's, the, what's the other one I'm missing? Smell? Well, that's, I was, that was leading up to that one. That's the most important one. <laughs> the most important sense in a marriage is smell. I'm here to tell you, you encounter someone who doesn't smell good, and that is a marriage that is destined to fail. How could you marry someone without smelling them first? Like, th- there are a lot of different ways that could go. But you encounter a smelly person, like, there's nothing worse than that. So now, you've never met. You meet on Zoom. 
We've been fixed up. And this happens now, right? Catfishing. I don't even know. What, what was the name of the linebacker? Manti Teo. Manti Teo. He got catfished. He's like in love with a person he's never met before. Turns out she doesn't even exist. All of this stuff happens. I, I, I'm around all these young people. And you know that back when we had a makeup room, everyone's in there. And all the young women are talking about, yeah, well, I'm seeing the, well, this guy and I, we're, we're seeing each other. We've never met, but we're texting. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You do not have a relationship if all you're doing is texting with each other. Take it from me. You do not. And the bottom line of it is this. You meet someone on Zoom, you get together, and your first thought is, this person stinks to high heaven. <laughs> now you're in. You, you've, 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 you've committed yourself. You're in a marriage, and, and you can smell bad a lot of different ways. Like, there are a lot of bad, you are a lot of ways to smell bad. There are a lot of variety of those. Like, you ever get into a car where someone has that, that like tree hanging from oh, the course. thing mm-hmm. and they put it right by the air that's blowing in. So it's circulating through the entire car. By the time you get out, you could throw up from that. I have a, a, a pounding headache from that. So you can smell bad without your body odor being bad. The human body also emanates mm-hmm. a variety of odors, many of which are unpleasant. And you got to make sure that those are compatible before you can enter into a marriage. So, to me, the idea that we have now reached a place where we think in our society, having been in the same room with another human being is not a prerequisite for marriage, we have begun the beginning of the end of our civilization as I know it. I rest my case. Do I have any disagreement? Bubba? Now, no one knows more about this stuff. Again, I point that uh, because I just want to set his credentials here. Many of you may not know this, but Bubba, long before his career in radio production, uh, worked as a marriage counselor and has been involved in all kinds of couples therapy and, and worked with any number of people. Bubba, have you worked with any couples in your day who became intimately involved without ever having met before? And if so, what is what are your thoughts on this situation? Oh no! Yeah, many many times, and I I frequently will bring up the the smell test, and it's it's a it's a common thing <laughs> yes. in, in uh, relationships, and I bring it up all the time to them, and uh, and many times people I've worked with, once they've met, they have since broken up. Yes, after they've smelled each other. That's it. It's so the smelling. I think, it, and I think I'm I'm not going to go out. It's not much of a limb here, but I think this couple that Hembo referenced. I don't know if it's a year from now. Or two years from now, but I think it's safe to say they're not going to be together. No. Their best chance of making this marriage work is now never to meet. Yeah, stay on Zoom. They need to stay on Zoom. Stay on Zoom and you'll be fine. If they keep the marriage on Zoom, then they have a fighting chance. Here's what I will, in fact, go so far as to say. Of all the senses, what's the fifth one? What am I forgetting? What is the fifth sense? Taste. Taste. Okay, taste. Fair enough. So, of all the senses... Would you agree that smell is the most important? Like, I think you could easily be, more easily be with someone ugly than someone who smells bad. Don't you think? No, I don't actually. You would rather be with someone ugly than someone who smells bad? Like a, like a good-looking, smelly person appeals to you Are there a lot more. of those? Are there a lot of good-looking, smelly people? Yes. There are. Yes, go smell a good-looking person. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do if you're listening to this show right now. For the rest of the day, I want you just to go smell all of the people that you encounter and then report back to me. I'm telling you right now, I promise you more than 50% of them will smell bad. More than 50% of them will smell bad. And the better-looking they are, the better the chance that they will smell bad. I'm telling you that right now. Trust me, there are some things I know, and this is one of them.
Dave Rothenberg will lose his mind live next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.